the same story every single year. And spoiler alert, the Christmas message doesn't change. Jesus was born in a manger. That's it. Same with Easter. He died on a cross and rose again. So we've just got to think of ways to creatively communicate that um, for us today. So hopefully this is helpful for you. Um, I want to start by sharing one of the most Christmassy Christmas Christmas scriptures of all time. Um, and that is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's an Old Testament book. It's a, a prophetic word which was written 750 years before the birth of Christ. And so Isaiah writes this thing. He says, to us... A child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Beautiful piece of literature. Beautiful piece of scripture. Let's sit on that. I want to pray for one second. Lord, I just thank you for this message. Lord, would you give us all open ears and open hearts to receive the truth that you have for us this morning. Lord, I pray that I would get out of the way so that you can flow through me and you would deliver this message in a way, God, that would be helpful for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. As I reflect on Christmas, what I find fascinating is in the world, like secularly speaking, and also within the church, when it comes to Christmas, we we often don't move past the birth of Jesus. Like, we sort of stay there, like, which is true. That's what, the, that's what the whole point of the celebration is. We sort of celebrate the birth of Jesus, but it's, but it's so much more than that. And what I love about Christmas, Christmas essentially, by definition, is a global birthday party for Jesus, which is awesome. But then it got me thinking about actual birthday parties. And could you imagine if you had a birthday party, let's say, Mangs, you've got what, a 70th coming up soon or an 80th or something, what's, what's the next big one for you? Uh, <laughs> Mangs has got his birthday coming up soon and, and, and we all throw a party for him. Now, now imagine, imagine this, right, that, that we're having this party, everyone's there, it's a big celebration, there's food, there's drinks, there's music, it's beautiful, it's fun, but all anyone's ever talking about is the day that Mangsy was born. Oh, I remember, oh, when his mum was, 24 hours she was in labour and oh, he was, he was, he was reluctant, he was warming, he didn't want to come out and, and so then they drove to the hospital and then all of a sudden the contraction stopped. So he was, a, oh man, he was a little restless fella back then and, and then that story goes on that he was finally born and the, 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 the cable was cut, the umbilical cord was cut. <laughs> Although if the shoe fits, maybe he had a cable, I don't even know. And then, and then they handed him on to his mum and she nursed him. And oh, matey, what a beautiful... And imagine that was all that was ever said. Then everyone goes, well, happy birthday. And everyone went home. It would just be weird. Because the reality is birthdays are celebrated not just for the arrival of that person, but everything their life has uh, done to, to lead us to that point to want to celebrate them. So when we have a birthday party for Mangs, of course we're celebrating his birth, but we're also celebrating everything in his life that has endeared us to him, that has made him worthy to celebrate and have a party with. So similarly with, with Jesus at Christmas, I want to move past the fact that he was just a baby to celebrate everything that he was and did and said and make this a big celebration of that for him. So... Because if we read this Isaiah passage, right, it says, For unto us a child is born, to baby, a son is given, or he matures, and then the government's put on his shoulders. There's a king, a sense of kingship there. So, so he isn't just a baby. He did grow up 
And he did get the government, the authority, the rule of the kingdom of God put on his shoulders. And so we celebrate the entirety of that at Christmas. As a pastor and as a person with an inquisitive nature, not a stalker, by the way, just inquisitive, um, I study people. I watch people. I'm a people watcher. One of our hobbies we like on holidays is sit at cafes and watch people. Um, and, and we've got a journal where we document every move. I'm just joking. I'm joking. But, but in my role, I, I meet and talk with lots and lots of people and have done for many, many years. And I observe uh, human nature, behavior, you know, world events and things like that. And one thing I've come to realize is that us as human beings, despite what we do, who we are, what we have, at our very level of humanness, we have some deficiencies that we all would share in. And I want to share some of those deficiencies this morning. Now, I know Christmas is supposed to be a time of celebration, so I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and, and, and go, well, you guys are deficient. Well, we all are. But I want to highlight some things and then unpack some really good news in light of the fact that we have human deficiencies. So the first thing I think we, we lack generally and I feel like more and more as, as time marches on, we as a society, we lack wisdom. If we're really honest about that, even the smartest of us, the most intelligent, the most educated, sometimes we just don't have the wisdom to, to make life work out the way we want it to work out. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes it's just things, our best laid plans turn to porridge because we just can't figure this thing out. We can't navigate life overly well at times. And the future becomes scary because of that. The second thing I think we lack sometimes is strength. In a fast-paced world, in order for us to keep up, it can feel like we are constantly living in a perpetual cycle of exhaustion. Just to get through the day, the week, the month, the year. And now we find ourselves at the end of the year. And most of us, if we're really honest, are probably just tired. Because the pace of life that we live at is just exhausting. So not only do we not feel like we have the wisdom to navigate life like we want to, we lack the strength and stamina to do so. And I kind of feel like this is the enemy's plan for us. I don't want to talk about old hairy legs on Jesus' birthday, but, but we do have an enemy that seeks to steal, kill, and destroy from us. And God come to give us life and life to the full. And I think if the enemy can keep us busy and tired and distracted, then he's probably in a happy place. But the reality is Jesus promised us, he says, look, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, all of you who are tired, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn to live freely and light. That's the offer that Jesus gives us. But so many of us are living on the hamster wheel at such a fast pace, we just get exhausted at a very core level. So we lack strength. We have a deficiency, thirdly, in love and hope. At the deepest level of our being, whether we realize it or not, all of us want to love and to be loved. And in this fast-paced world that's difficult to navigate and exhausting, we find ourselves oftentimes alone and lonely. And this only makes our experience of the world all that much more scary and, f and, and further highlights our human deficiency. We want love. We want hope. And the fourth thing is peace. Peace is the undercurrent that stabilizes our soul and allows joy to flow through us despite what's happening around us. But without wisdom, without strength, or without love, hope, and peace, uh, love and hope, peace can seem so far out of reach, even though we desperately crave it. So if we go back to this passage we're looking at, Isaiah 9, he starts with these two words that he repeats in the opening sentence. 
to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The reason Jesus came to this earth was for you and for me. Jesus is God's gift to humanity. And it's, it's, it's such a bizarre concept because when you go to a birthday party to celebrate somebody else, they get the gifts, not you. But in the kingdom of God, it's the upside the way around. When we celebrate Jesus, his birth, and we celebrate him, it's actually we get the gifts. And he is the gift. And so then this passage then unpacks a little bit of what that gift is, who Jesus is, this gift for us. That he is a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Let's unpack the first thing. He's a wonderful counselor. So this wonderful is like magnificent or miraculous. This counselor talks about literal counsel or, or wisdom. So, so Jesus is and gives magnificent counsel and he gives miraculous wisdom. And we as humanity, we lack wisdom. No matter how intelligent we might be, wisdom can be something we just can't grasp. But in Jesus, he is our wonderful counselor. And if we can take his counsel on board, miraculous things usually start to follow. And if I handed the mic around this morning to people and said, hey, can you tell us a time where you followed the counsel of Jesus and it went well for you? There'd be story after story after story after story. He is a wonderful counselor. He gives miraculous wisdom. He's a mighty God. The Bible clearly states that, that God is a mighty warrior. He's violent towards his enemies. There are spiritual forces out there that are trying to wear you down and destroy your stamina and steal your joy and take from you. And God not only hates them, he seeks to violently destroy them and then give us the victory over those things so that we have the strength that prevails. There's a deficiency we have with when, when it comes to... Um, uh, what was that note there? Um, with our wisdom, and he's a wonderful counselor that brings that. There's a, a deficiency that comes with us having the strength to get through the complexities of life. And he is the mighty God that defeats the enemy on our behalf and gives us that victory and gives us that strength. He's the everlasting father. He's our dad. He's kind. He's loving. He's gracious. He offers the kind of love that shifts our identity and brings us security at the depths of our soul. He's with us always. He never leaves us. He'll never forsake us. He's everlasting. He's eternal. And he's preparing a place for us there with him. So knowing God is an everlasting father gives us this love and hope that our soul desperately craves. Because if we know that he is our father, then we are never alone. So this sense of uh, I need to love and be loved comes from the fact that God is with you. And this, this sense of hope and fear of the future gets taken away because God is an eternal and everlasting Father that, that is before time and after time and knows all things and is preparing a place in eternity for you and for me. And this is part of the gift we get in Jesus. Hope for this life that God is with us and hope for the life that is to come when all of this passes away. And finally, this passage describes him as the Prince of Peace. In a world where peace it sounds like a movie. In a world where peace is hard to come by. <laughs> that, that was all right, wasn't it? It's okay, Manx. Yeah, cool. In a world where peace can be hard to come by, it's comforting to know that in God's kingdom where Jesus rules as king, there is a culture of peace that he reigns with and makes available for us. 
The thing with the kingdom, though, I don't know much about kingdoms and kings, but I know this, that kings don't just throw out suggestions for those in their kingdom. Like a king's not like, hey, guys, if you manage to get around to it, would you mind following my decrees? But only if you've got time. Like I know you guys are busy and you've got lots of stuff on, but, but, but if you do get around to it, it'd be kind of cool if you could just follow some of the things that I um, operate my kingdom under. Um, kings don't rule like that. Kings reign. Kings rule. Kings command. And people respond. And when people respond, it goes well for them. I love this quote. When men and women wholeheartedly surrender to Christ as king, peace is established and it grows in more and more visible ways. But when men and women half-heartedly surrender and are loyal to two kingdoms or have joined God's enemies, then violence, death, destruction and devolution of human flourishing always occurs. So let's be men and women who wholeheartedly surrender to King Jesus and enjoy the fruits of his peace as they rule in our hearts and in our lives. I want to get the worship team back up to sing a song. We're going to sing Noel. And I feel like I'm really late to the party on this, but apparently Noel in French means Christmas. Did you know that? Did you know that? I just learned that this, this week. I'm, I was 42 years old when I learned that, so um, have mercy on me. So the first Christmas, what a fun fact. So as we sing, let us consider this. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Jesus, the one we celebrate, this global birthday party that is Christmas, is all around the fact that God sent his son to us. But let's not stay that, at the place where he's the baby in the manger. That's awesome, but let's, let's move on. Allow our minds to travel a little bit further to a place where Jesus reigns as king and the government of God's kingdom is placed on his shoulders. To a place where he is wonderful counsellor, giving us miraculous wisdom where we lack it. Where he is mighty God, giving us strength when we feel weak and helpless. To a place where he is everlasting father, giving us love and hope when we feel alone and in despair. Where he is the prince of peace, giving us the peace that stabilizes our soul and underpins our joy. This is truly the reason for this season. And I don't want you to miss it this year. And if you've never received this gift, that is Jesus, that is following him, it's really simple. The Bible says if you confess with your heart, so if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. We'll be saved from our sin, which separates us from God. We'll be saved from our despair. We'll be saved from our lack of strength, our lack of wisdom, our lack of love, our lack of hope, our lack of peace. And he will put all of those things in our heart as we follow him.